Wordsworth and Labor Day? Trust me. In past Labor Day services, I have given sermons on such topics as income inequality, the struggle for worker rights against a corporate-owned government or corporatocracy, wage inequity based on gender and race, the hypocrisy of demonizing undocumented immigrants and then relying on their labor to sustain our economic system. These are all harsh realities and deeply important moral issues. I can run down some recent statistics from an August 29, 2019 Pew Research Center article related to those concerns, such as the fact that over the past 35 years, the number of American workers belonging to labor unions has fallen by about half, even while a majority of Americans, 55%, generally like unions and support the rights of workers to unionize. I can tell you that American women earn 85 cents on the dollar compared with men, and that white men had higher hourly median earnings than every other racial or ethnic and gender subgroup, except for Asian men. I can tell you that the wage gap between young workers with college degrees and those without is the widest in decades, which, of course, says nothing about the student loans that are incurred to try and secure these wages. And I can offer my opinion, for whatever that is worth, that at least one of the difficulties of addressing economic injustice and wage inequality and the devaluing of labor is the expectation that we have, an expectation baked into our culture and politics and religion, the expectation that if you are willing to work, you can make it, that hard work will always be rewarded. It won't. That doesn't mean your stories or my stories or someone else's personal stories of working hard and being properly rewarded for it are wrong. It doesn't in any way lessen the value and the satisfaction of hard work. It is only to say that we should be grateful if we achieve the result that we worked toward, but that societally, economically, politically, it is not a given. See, I can look at it as a math problem. A plus B equals C. Determination plus hard work equals success. And that works for many. And I am not saying that is easy. Determination requires discipline and focus and sacrifice. Hard work calls us to act not based on what we want to do at any given moment, but what we need to do to achieve what we wish to achieve. There's a reason they call it work. But I'm, but I'm saying that the equation works or has worked for many of us. And I'm saying that the equation doesn't work for all of us. Many of you know, and certainly the group that participated in the beloved conversation sessions this past year, bumped up against this reality over and over, that we can all live in the same country and not live in the same country. 
how we experience our communities and institutions and systems, what we see and do not see, encounters we have and don't have, messages we are taught or not taught are different, based often on race and ethnicity and also on gender, class, sexual orientation, the stigma of mental health issues, addiction, incarceration, Some people in America can add A and B, determination and hard work, all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long, all life long, and never get to C because of the way the system is structured. And to the extent we believe that the equation that may have worked for us works for everyone, that this is an inherent truth, we cannot but blame the individual for whom it doesn't work for not figuring out the problem correctly. But it is not math. It is myth. And yes, it is a powerful myth, and it is not a myth, I think, to be discarded. Let me explain. Former President Barack Obama said this in a speech following his 2012 re-election. I believe we can keep the promise of our founders, the idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or who you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay, or straight, you can make it here in America if you're willing to try. That's a powerful vision. But he was not describing things as they are. There's a difference between an expectation and an aspiration. He said, I believe we can keep the promise of our founders, and then goes on to paint a far more inclusionary picture than I'm sure our founders ever dreamed of. This is only to say that not everyone was included in that initial promise and that people have been working over these many years to expand that promise, to include more people, and we should be clear that we are not there yet. If you're willing to work hard, you can make it here in America. We can either accept this as an expectation of how the world actually works, in which case, again, we can only blame the people who have not made it for not working hard enough, or we can accept it as an aspiration. And maybe an aspiration is simply another kind of expectation, not an expectation for how things are now, but how things should be in the future. A plus B should equal C for everyone, in which case we need to notice and correct the ways in which this is not adding up, turning myth back into math. And I can easily go on and on about the issues, but I was struck by a line in the other reading from today which said that despite Labor Day's rather ambiguous history, workers deserve more than one holiday, and that makes Labor Day worth celebrating. Celebrating. I thought of all the workers who do not get Labor Day off. After all, another statistic from the Pew Research reminds us that most American workers, 71%, 
of all non-farm payroll employees. 107.8 million people are employed in the service sector, and service does not pause for holidays. So the question came to me, while I cannot do much to tackle the huge structural societal issues I've been talking about in the short term, how might I celebrate workers? I thought of all those people, service workers, the ones I have worked with and beside and the countless more I have encountered in a variety of ways in hospitals and nursing homes, in restaurants and stores, classes and clinics, on buses and trains and planes. I've worked beside people who bring such dedication to their work, though the wages are often low and the expectations high. I have encountered people who keep a friendly and helpful attitude in the face of critical customers or clients who mistakenly imagine that being servile is a necessary part of providing service. I have seen and noticed and all too often not expressed my gratitude to those workers, not celebrated them as I might have, and I vowed to take this aspiration into this year to notice and appreciate and say it and express it to a supervisor or manager if such is possible. Because, look, I know that not everyone loves the particular job that they have to do to make or try to make a living, but I also believe that everyone has an innate desire to work. I believe that work is a basic human need, to be of use, as Marge Piercy describes in the poem with that title in our hymnal, The pitcher cries out for water to carry and a person for work that is real. And there is a magic that happens when we are engaged with the work before us. And I don't mean to romanticize this, but I do believe that it can happen even with the least glamorous of work. The work of the world, Piercy reminds us, is common as mud. There is a beauty that arises from being truly engaged with our work that doesn't happen in just that way anywhere else. And I think that is what I saw Wordsworth capture beautifully in that poem. Reaping and singing by herself, stop here or gently pass. Alone she cuts and binds the grain and sings a melancholy strain. And I couldn't help but think of those times when I was so engaged in work and maybe even singing, though I don't think Wordsworth would have found that quite so beautiful, but just having that focus for some moments on the task at hand and at the same time feeling a creative or expressive force of some kind within me. And again, the task did not need to be anything glamorous, was most often, in fact, mundane and ordinary, but that letting go of distractions. I couldn't help but feel that the song and the work were inextricably tied together. That the beauty witnessed by Wordsworth had to do with the combination of the two within this woman's experience. And I got some scholarly backup from a Wordsworth scholar, Jeffrey J. Finch, who said it is important to note that she does not stop to sing For the song is not only an accompaniment to her work, but in some way is linked to it. 
And that is what makes the vision that former President Obama cast so important. It's not simply an economic issue or even a justice issue. When we as a society devalue or degrade people's work or deny them even the opportunity to work, we are striking at the very heart of what it means to be human, to be able to express oneself by being of use to thereby connect oneself to the larger community, to belong. And no, I don't imagine that my proactive gratitude to service workers resolution is going to fix the big picture or change working conditions or even necessarily cause the individual to like their job any better. It is just a small way to celebrate Labor Day for this year and a small step among many other things we are called to do to turn myth, determination plus hard work equals success, into math. A plus B equals C, which adds up for everyone. To turn aspiration. If you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. You can make it here in America to turn that idealistic aspiration into a reasonable expectation. Happy Labor Day. Let's do some singing.